This podcast replay, it's brought to you by Nature B. Hey, it's Big O in a virus-filled world. Boost your immune system the way I have for 20 years. Two capsules a day, sustained energy all day long. Order at naturebee.com and use my code Big O for free shipping. Naturebee.com. Uh, let's see. Do-do-do-do. That offense put up 35. 11 in the second half, my brother. That's the same thing I get the excuse makers for uh, Justin Herbert. Now, you can look at the total points all you want. He scored three points in the second half. So, yeah, uh, that's where you spin stats and you try to, well, he scored 30-something. What'd you score when it counted? Oh, okay. Okay. So you did good front running, but then, you know, when... Everything was tight. What happened? It's like the Baltimore Dolphins game. I don't give a shit what the Ravens did in the first half and took a 21-point lead. What happened in the second half when they started to come back on your ass and they they stopped you and they scored and they stopped you and they scored and they stopped you and they scored? What did you do? (laughs) So, you know, the total don't mean shit to me. That's a weak-ass excuse. Oh, they put up 35. What'd you do in the second half when it counted? Okay? If you're going to put 35 up, well, then 25 of it better be in the second half, not in the first half. That doesn't help me. Okay? Show up when it counts. Don't be a front-runner. UM's new OC, what's the word, O? Rewind. That's the word. Manny Navarro was just interviewed. Rewind. I'm excited to see Fangio's defense. I guarantee it will be better than Chuck Studley or Oliver Dotti. <laughs> Chuck Studley. Wow. That is that is a painful past. Anybody could put together a better defense than the vanilla man, Oliver Dotti. Big O favorite band in the last 20 years. It's a really good question. Favorite band of the last 20 years. It's not here. You know, I, I might I might just go Greta Van Fleet. Might just do that. Because Foo Fighters in the 90s. Um Clutch might be close. Clutch might be 2000s or late 90s. Um Hailstorm is another one that I love. Last 20 years. They're definitely in the last 20 years. It's a really good question. Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go 
I'm going to have to give an edge. In the last 20 years, Greta might be that band that I absolutely love in the last 20 years. I mean, there's a couple of bands that I really, really like a lot, too. But, um, yeah, do me a favor, Sean. Tell me, Clutch, the band, what year it started. Yeah, probably it's in Wikipedia. You can probably Wikipedia and put Clutch Band. Because obviously the car part is going to end up coming out if you put clutch. Um, but I think that's pretty close to, I want to say clutch started either late 90s or early 2000. I got on them way late. But I love clutch. That's a really good band. Um, 91. Oh, wow. Wow, even way before. Yeah, no, so they don't count. Um. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one guy says, Greta, how dare you? Hey, you don't like Greta? I love Greta. Sorry. I love Greta. Uh, Big O, I see Fangs making McDaniel a better coach by his advice and a and to a better player by practicing against his defense. I'm 33 years old, and I never felt so excited for my fins. I hope so, man. I'm with you there. I am excited about both coordinators. Uh, taking over. Oh, by the way, Texas Hippie Coalition is right up there. Texas Hippie Coalition. They're definitely the last 20 years. They're probably the last 10 or 15, I want to say. Uh, so I'll go Texas Hippie Coalition is another one that's right there in the last 20 years that I that I absolutely love. Um, oh, what would be more torturous? Listening to Yoko Ono sing or listening to Marjorie Taylor Green talk for an hour. Oh no, Marjorie Taylor Green. I mean that 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 bitch is the devil. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, that is I mean, that's if evil was walking the face of the earth, it's definitely Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Green. I mean, there's there's nothing more disgusting than that thing, Marjorie Taylor Green. Okay. I'll I'll put up with Yoko Ono for sure. Marjorie Taylor Greene, no, dude. I'd rather have bamboo stuck in my nails than have to do anything with that evil piece of crap, Marjorie Taylor Greene. That thing is not even human. So, yeah, no. Uh, Texas Hippie, you got me into them. They're so good. They're so freaking good. I got to tell you, you know, who I also love, the Rival Sons, love that band. They're also in the last 10 years, I want to say, 10, 12 years. So there's a couple of them, you know. There's a couple that I like from new bands. Um, Let me see. Uh, did you have a Johnny Cash story? No, I don't have any Johnny Cash stories I can share. Just love his music. That's all I can tell you. Queens of the Stone Age for me. You know, they're all right. I, I've never really, like, gotten deep into them, but they're all right. MTG on point O. Who you got, Michael Jackson or Prince? Um, the, the artist, the complete artist, you go with Prince. The music, I go with Michael Jackson. Okay. Jackson won. 
for music prince for the completeness that he can write and and sing and do and play every instrument and and all of that stuff you know prince to me and bruce springsteen and those kind of guys are at another level musically than most because they're just not just singers and songwriters but they're also like true musicians you know and that's the thing that prince doesn't get enough credit for how good of a musician he was that's the part that i think we cheat prince from okay you know people see him play guitar but he plays every instrument and he can write every instrument and write all the music for all the songs and I, I believe his first album, and I think I believe his first two albums, I believe he's the only one that played all the instruments. I think that's how the story goes. I, I, I'm pretty sure of that. I want to say in the first and second albums that he he wrote all the music for everything, which, again, I don't think, I don't think people give Prince enough credit for his sick amount of talent seriously how well-rounded that man was is uh is impressive as hell uh what else do we have here josh home from queens is such a diverse late blooming artist great story my uncle chris goss is his producer ah okay Big O, I just discovered Blackfoot all over again. What do you think? Wow. Train, train, take me on out of this town. Yeah. Uh, that woman I'm in love with. Yeah, I love uh, a little. Um, what's his name? Leonard Skinner guy, heart and soul from uh, Blackfoot. Oh. Damn it. Forgetting his name now. Uh, he's been with Bla he's been with Leonard Skinner forever and uh, try not to look at the chart at the at the chat because I one of you will get it and you'll send it to me and and then it'll be ruined for me and then you know i'm trying to remember the damn guy's name and i can't remember it and i'm pissed because i can't remember it don't want to look down on the chat board god what's his name dude it's right there on the tip of my tongue and i just can't mention it Oh, God bless. Oh, no. I don't want to take up too much time because this is brutal for you guys. All right, I'll look. Medlock, you bastards. Ricky Medlock, yes, that's it. That's it, that's it. Vocals, Freddie Ver... It ends once you say Freddy, bro. It ends. It ends. Michael had a great voice, but it did not have the range that that Freddie had. 
because very few human beings were born with the range that Freddie has, you know? So that's not even close. Once you compare vocals and you say Freddie, it's an insult to just mention anyone else next to Freddie. Just is. As great as Michael Jackson was, no, he's not Freddie Mercury. No, not even close. He's Freddie Mercury. Not even close. It's like a Freddie Mercury is another talent when it comes to voice. Um, what's it called? Uh, I I I missed uh, I missed the Cutter's Edge hat. Yeah, we just had a Cutter's Edge hat on just a few minutes ago. Should give away a couple. Love me some Blackfoot back in the day. Definitely. I know Medlock is not in Blackfoot anymore. Uh, he's always been in Skinnerd, and Blackfoot's kind of been his side project. Now, he still runs it. He still owns the trademark and everything. He has three guys that tour as Blackfoot. None of them are the original members, but Ricky Medlock is making money still from the Blackfoot trio that you see now keeping the music alive. He's making money off of that. Those people are his employees uh, playing in the Blackfoot band. I don't know if you know that, but Ricky is still in charge, actually. I believe the new album that they did last, I believe he was the producer of it, if I'm correct. I want to say, because they did a, a, a an album recently. Let me see, Blackfoot Band, and I can go to Discography, and they did one, what is it now, 2015, Southern Native, and let me see if they have it here, Um, I don't know if they have it. And the info here, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, what's it called? Where is it again? Let me see. Uh, Okay. Here we go. There we go. Uh, I guess uh, I can't find the album online, so I can read its uh, its things. But I'm I'm pretty sure of it that he's like in control of the band, and then then that's kind of what it is. But yeah, I know he's not part of it. Uh, Big O, where do you put the original Van Halen on your list of favorite bands? Oh, it's it's right up there, man. Van Halen is one of my favorite bands of all time. That uh, that original album has my favorite songs, which is On Fire. Um, that that for me is my favorite Van Halen song and 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 Eddie Van Halen riff. Uh, I also love Atomic Punk is another song on that album that is just absolutely amazing. That is a perfect album from beginning to end. You don't have to skip a song or anything. Every song is just absolutely dominant uh no i did not know the band is still medlock's band even though he is not in it yep yep it's it's all his 
Um, Big O, I keep telling people that the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC every year. Well, they are right now. Until until this guy is done, uh, if he has the right people around him, he has a chance every year to to win. You know? Oh, would you consider the current version of Blackfoot to be considered? Oh, yeah, of course it's a cover band. A complete cover band. Yeah, without Medlock and the boys, you you have a cover band. Yeah, I wouldn't go see this Blackfoot. I have I have not. No, actually, I did see this Blackfoot. They were. I didn't go for them. I went to uh, another concert, and they were opening up, and I forgot which one it was. But yeah, definitely. So, what's um. Come on, it's Rick Springfield. What's what's going on with Rick Springfield? Van Halen in any form is my favorite band. Hell of a band. Hell of a band. Uh, by the way, when sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDTCPA Sports Business Report. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. The NBA, by the way, has a current TV deal that ends uh, in the 24-25 season. The league can now start uh, talks with companies other than Disney before April of 2024 unless both waive exclusive negotiation rights. Apple and Amazon are also interested in the streaming packages. NBC is prepared to make a bid to win back the NBA's domestic rights, according to CNBC. Disney and Turner Sports have broadcasted the NBA in the U.S. for more than 20 years, having taken over the rights from NBC Universal in 2002. But Comcast-owned network has reportedly informed the league of its interest. NBC Sports is believed to want a package that would include playoff games to air on NBC broadcast networks. Some regular season games could be exclusive to the media giants Peacock streaming services, although the NBA may also decide to force media companies to simulcast all games on streaming to increase reach. The NBA's next rights, rights cycle kicks in from 2025 and the league reportedly is eyeing a massive $75 billion deal up from its current $24 billion arrangement signed in 2014. Two things that go with this. One, this shows you why they don't give a shit in the regular season, why players are constantly missing, even though they're paying them oodles of cash to play 82 games and you would think they'd play somewhere in the neighborhood of 75, 80 games, miss a couple of games here or there. But a lot of these stars are playing 60 games and they're missing a quarter of the season, you know, pretty much. And this is where they get their money, the TV rights, not from your tickets. And they can maybe act like it's might bother them and they'll address the situation. But in the end, when they sit down with the CBA and they sit down with the players unions and all that, and they're going to talk about load management and injuries and all that kind of stuff. And do you want them for the playoffs and all that? So they really don't give a crap about the fan. 
It's not important if you're not in your seat. And then here's the second thing. Why you're seeing these companies bid big time for them. Pandemic. The pandemic taught these networks something. We cannot depend on regular TV shows and movies and all that. That will die out if we have emergencies. Sports was our saving grace during the pandemic. Sports leagues got back on track right away. That gave us programming. So if we can buy 162 baseball games, 82 hockey or, 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 or basketball games, 16 to 20 NFL games, because you start throwing in playoffs and preseason and everything else that goes with it, that is content. And not that there is another pandemic waiting, but the fact that if you do have certain emergencies and if they are medical emergencies or whatever, sports seems to be the one thing that is the shining light in television programming that will fight through all kinds of adversities. Okay. In the sixties in Houston, they played an Oilers game the week days or a day or two before a hurricane was about to land. Okay. They played right after uh, the president was shot. Kennedy and Roselle was criticized forever. You got the pandemic and there was sports to bail you out. Once again, sports has been that anchor and television has realized that. So even if they're slightly overpaying, they're also paying for the security blanket of having the consistency of sports. That is your KSDT CPA sports business report. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDT CPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, let's get into a little Dolphins, a little NFL, a little Super Bowl. Andy Barrett's and our Sports Grill Miami Dolphins and NFL Draft Report. While the NFL plans for the 2023 season, the Big O Radio Show keeps you informed by tracking everything from free agency, trades, draft, and all the news you can handle. It's the SportsGrill.com Dolphins and NFL Draft Report with Yahoo Sports Andy Barrett's. Right there, he is. Welcome back, my friend. Hope uh, you're in a better place right now. Good to be with you, Big O. It is. It is very good to be back after a after a classic Super Bowl. Good to talk to you, sir. How are you? I am doing great. Can't complain. Unless I guess you're an Eagles fan, then you can complain all season <laughs> long. So you can flip uh, cars. You can take to the streets. You can. Yeah, that was that was a scene. That was something. So give, give us your two cents on the final play and the two penalties that Bradbury committed in one play. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, listen, I love how people say he, well, he held, no, he held twice. Okay. Let's make sure we mention that because not enough people mention that he held twice on the same play, but go ahead. Yeah, no, one of them was 
flagrant. And I, you know, I, I understood Greg Olson in real time, given the initial camera view that he had questioning the, the call in that moment. Um, but I mean, it, I think I think it was perfectly clear. And that was then reinforced by Bradbury's own reaction after the game. Everybody associated with the Eagles basically had the same reaction, which was that we, we were we are not here to complain about, um, you know, correct calls by the officials. Right. Like it was just like I, and I, I, I am sympathetic to people who simply wanted to see Jalen Hurts have the ball with like a, a minute to go and a chance to win the game like that would have been great. It would have made it an absolute. It was already I think it was an all time Super Bowl, but that would have that would have brought it into like, you know, I don't know, one of the one of the two or three best that we've ever seen. Right. Um, but we didn't get it because they committed a legitimate penalty that was actually flagged. And I I think that's. I think that's fine. Um, <laughs> and again, I appreciate, I really appreciate the reaction from the Eagles themselves after the game, because they, you know, if, if anybody is going to, is going to really feel the fact that all they had to do was, was stop any of those chiefs drives in the second half. And uh, listen, easier said than done. It's the chiefs, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey and all that. But you know, they, they had four drives in the second half. They got three touchdowns in a field goal and they could have had four touchdowns. So like you, you get, you got to stop them somewhere. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there, and I had no problem with the call uh, because nope. you put the referee in that position, and you you committed two penalties in, in the same play, and you know it, it, I I use the analogy like, hey brother, listen, it says 65 miles an hour. I get it, everybody's doing 72, 73, but listen, the cops <laughs> sitting there on the sidelines and. And you're doing 73, 74, and you think, well, he's not going to stop me. And, well, were you speeding? Yeah, I was, but no, no. Were you speeding? Yeah, okay, well, then here's the ticket. And you put the cop in a position where he can stop you or not. And maybe others were speeding, but he didn't like the way you were speeding, and you changed lanes. And so that's kind of what it was. Maybe he saw it, and he goes, well, whoa, this guy's tugging twice. I got to throw it. You know, it's like if you know. if all you saw of that play is the fact that Patrick Mahomes overthrew a dude by like nine yards in that situation, that that right there should have been enough to question whether um, there was a there was a hold. Right. Like Patrick Mahomes is not going to overthrow somebody by like eight or nine yards in, in any scenario, let alone that scenario. So I, I thought it was a pretty flagrant hold well called um it's really unfortunate that the the coverage and and that twitter that all social platforms basically turn toward you know criticizing a call that was i think perfectly correct well that's kind of what we do right rihanna oh god this that <laughs> and I, I had no i had no problem with her performance by the way i thought she did a great job and considering that she was pregnant even more props to her that she's standing up on that damn platform and, you know, performing and she's pregnant and she's still keeping her cool and all that. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I give her many, many props for that. I had no problem with the with the performance, but that's the beauty of, you know, social media. Anything and everything that was going on in that game, we were you yes. know, reacting to it right away. You know, so it is what it is. Did, did you give her a passing grade on her performance? Oh shoot! Yeah, um, I, with or without you know the the fact of being pregnant, um, I like I I don't have Rihanna necessarily like in the normal playlist, right? But 
man, that is, that is a lot of hits. Like that is, that is an artist with, um, I believe the kids would call them bangers. Like she's got like, and she, and she left some in the, you know, in the, in the quiver too. Right. Like she's, she's got more, like she could do another 15 minute halftime show with a whole bunch of other familiar hits. She's, I, I think she's awesome. Yeah, man. She did, she did a terrific job and I think she, uh, handled it very classy, you know, considering her, her physical nature, the, uh, the thing is, somebody it, always uh, needs to declare, you know, and obviously this is the nature of Twitter. This is the nature of like sort of reactionary, um, you know, uh, observations that we have today. Nobody, nobody can ever be even remotely nuanced about anything. It's either got to be the greatest of all time or it's got to be the, the worst, worst that we've ever seen. It's never it's never like, yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> like, that's not even except you can't even say that. Right. Yeah. You, you've got you've got to insist that it is the greatest thing you've ever seen or one of the worst things you've ever seen. Amen. Amen. It is what it is. All right. Uh, what would you think of uh, of uh, the Tua interviews on Radio Row? Because, my God, they were they were bad. They were bad. <laughs> yeah. That was- um. I, I mean, it's also not something that you want to, you don't, you don't want to read a whole lot into anything that gets said on Radio Row, right? Like everybody's, everybody's trying to promote products. Everybody's trying to promote odd things. Um, you know, everybody's been given a script that they have to, that they have to follow. I, I don't know. It's all, it's all good fun. Um, I wouldn't, of all the reasons to, to, you know, fret about Tua and the future of the Dolphins, I wouldn't, you know, anything, anything said on Radio Row would not really get to me. No, I know. But it's just and, and you know what I thought was uh, because there were reports that, well, if the Dolphins win, you know, Tua could come back and all that, you know, if they beat the the Bills and all that. And then what was revealed in those interviews is that the Dolphins really didn't let him go through the protocol till the season ended actually that's when he really went through the final stages of the protocol so he can be cleared and that's why it took so long because the dolphins had no intentions on letting him play so they didn't want him to go through the protocols during the regular season they're at the end of the last couple weeks and then he clears and then he's getting ideas of playing because he was saying basically they protected me from me and I thought that was actually really smart on the Dolphins' part. Yeah, um, and and it's, you know, they finally came around to it, right? Because the Dolphins obviously took a lot of heat earlier in the season for n- not necessarily protecting Tua from himself. Um, it was it was probably the most uncomfortable part of, of Miami's of an otherwise really encouraging season for, for Miami, right? Because you can tell yourself a story about where this franchise is going, and it's really good. Um, the, the, the one negative and the, certainly the, the, I felt like really the only glaring negative on, on McDaniel's resume this year was the, the handling of Tua, especially early on, um, super uncomfortable. He was, he'd obviously been concussed. I don't know. I don't know how many official concussions we're calling this for him now, if we're calling it two, if we're calling it three, um, but it's but but it's not nothing, you know, um, and it is going to be, oh, the ongoing. first one was his neck. Remember? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. He lost his balance and almost fell because it was his neck. There's no way he was woozy or anything in his head. No, come on. No, certainly, certainly didn't appear that yeah. way. Um, yeah. Neck. So that 
right. and and I, hopefully it I, has changed things in the NFL for the better that we've come through this episode. But um, it is it is really the one thing that hangs over the the franchise, I suppose, right now. But everything everything else is on a is clearly on an upward trajectory for Miami. I agree. I agree. And and uh, he's taken judo, and uh, you know I've explained this several times. <laughs> I took judo. Uh, for for a few years, and it does teach you how to fall and how to break your fall and uh, those kind yeah. of things, and so that that might help him out a little bit too because uh, it's we see it no, with, it's a good, it's a good point because like his issue has been like falling backward like the back of the head right yeah, against the yeah. turf yeah and he's got to learn how point. to break the fall and and learn to roll and those kind of things and we see it with the quarterbacks that didn't play baseball. And they slide awkwardly, or they oh. don't know how to slide, or all that stuff. And then you see, oh, that dude probably didn't play baseball, and so he doesn't know how to slide. And he's and it happens a lot in today's world because when we grew up, we used to like play. We we changed with the seasons. That's kind of the way yep. you 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 played in your neighborhood when we were when we were younger. Kids don't do that nowadays. Now they like latch on to one sport. And that's all they play so they can get great at that sport. And our day was a little different. So you kind of got to know all the different sports. And you've seen it, that guys that don't know how to slide, they they get injured, they jam their legs or knees or ankles because they don't know how to freaking slide. And and then they got to learn how to slide. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing here. Falling, there's also a tech, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a, um, there's a, um, What's it called? Not a technicality. A uh, God. What am I thinking of? What's the word I'm thinking of? A um, there's a a rhythm to falling that you can brace yourself, that you can protect yourself, and it's happened to me several times since I learned judo when I was a kid. Uh-huh. It's come through in my life in certain times that I've fallen, but I I know how to break my fall and roll and those kind of things. It's not going to happen all the time. But there'll be instances where it might just help out to her. Yeah, no, it's a it, it's an interesting point that you make about sliding too. I've I, I know there were multiple cases uh, throughout the season where I just you know watching the the Bears as I do, like Justin Fields can be a really awkward slider, um, and, and he's and he stays really high a lot of the time when he's sliding, right? So like he can he can take some hits that he doesn't need to take as he's going as he's going to the ground. But it it, it right. is an interesting point because you definitely you definitely can tell the the kids who were who were like three and four sport, you know, um, Russell athletes, Russell Wilson, right? yeah, Russell Wilson slides like he's a pro. Why? Yeah. Well, because he was a pro baseball player, so you know, so yep. it's. He, he has that gift. And you know what? That was a great example of Fields is one of those guys that you can tell was not a baseball guy because of the awkwardness of the way he slides. I mean, with Joe Flacco, you can understand because he's as long as a giraffe, so it's kind of hard. And yet he he still ha- has learned how to slide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they probably weren't time. asking young Joe Flacco to steal bases either, right? Like he probably no, wasn't no. sliding as often as as many of the other athletes in the NFL. But Fields is Fields is funky too because he'll go really hard, like into a knee when he's sliding too, right? And it's not he's not he's not gracefully sliding. He's like, no, I know. you know, it's like a crash landing every time he does it. Um, makes me makes me yeah. just as nervous to watch him slide as it does to watch him take hits. Oh, we've seen guys that don't know how to slide jam their knees and ankles mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff because, again, they they just don't have the technique, you know, down pat. 
Um, your uh, your thoughts on the Fangio hire? Um, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's great, and I think he's in the right role now, right? Um, I, I I think it's um, yeah, I, I think it's overall a good move that that uh, yeah, he's not a head coach, feel- right? <laughs> right, yeah. Like I think I think that's relatively relatively clear. I mean, can do it in a pinch, but probably not somebody that you want, you know, guiding the future of the franchise. But you throw him in his role, and you throw him in his wheelhouse where he's really comfortable. And you're gonna get you're gonna get great results. So uh, and you're a Bears I, fan, so you you had a little taste of Fangio being your defensive coordinator for for. And a few it was years. good. And the players were super loyal to it. Like players loved him. Um, I ob- obviously excelled in the role. So um, it, it, it's just it's just a phenomenal hire, right? Like you've you've just got somebody who is who is uh, among the best in the world at exactly that. Um, and, and you're you're not asking him to do too much. So I I, I think it's phenomenal. All right, let's play the quarterback shell game. Where does <laughs> where does Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy Garoppolo land? Yeah, I first of all, I, I feel like there's a very clear hierarchy here. I don't know, I don't know how a lot of people feel about this, but I think Derek Carr is much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And and maybe this is maybe this is me just kind of dismissing a lot of Niners quarterbacks generally. But I and, I and can't he, so, um, he gets injured every year, Garoppolo. Every right, year. right. So that's so that's every one year. thing. And Derek Carr, you know, whatever you think about him, um incredibly resilient and has played through some stuff too. And Derek Carr's like best moments and not that he can sustain them. Not that we've seen Derek Carr just go on a heater that lasts like six games, eight games, whatever. He doesn't necessarily do that, but man, when Derek Carr gets rolling, um, that, that guy's a, that guy's a very good quarterback. So I think it's, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is like an all time inner circle quarterback. Derek Carr for me is very clearly in that next is the next tier. And then, and then it's Jimmy after that. So that's, this is all by way of saying that I think Jimmy is just kind of an afterthought and um, he's like, you know, the, the very last option and in musical chairs here. Um, I, I, I don't have, I'm not sure where, like, I don't know what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' head at any given time, right? Um, oh, really? I'm going to ask you I, that one? Come on. I hate, I hate to, I hate to try There's to, not a I hate dark to, enough to slide room in for there. you to figure that out, bro. No, I mean, not, a, not a dark enough room. There's you, you, you can't even, you can't even go in space and enter in a black hole and figure out what's going on <laughs> in Aaron Rodgers' head. I, I personally have not, I don't know the pleasures of hallucinogenic teas, so I can't, you know, I can't, I can't get inside the man's head. I can't imagine that he wants to go to the Jets though, simply because that's the Favre thing. Right. And I, I just and can't imagine. And New York, I don't, he and that media. No, dude, that's not, that's, he doesn't want that, bro. No, especially, well, especially not coming from Green Bay. Like he's got a, he's got this really nice thing right now where he can talk to, you know, Pat McAfee and he could, and he can talk to like the very, very friendly and relatively. Optimovsky and that's, uh, that's yeah. it. You know, he's got, <laughs> he's got a yeah. Yeah. Like you've got your guys in Green Bay and it's not going to, it's never going to be like a mob scene at the, at the locker or anything like that. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be crazy. And in, in, in New York, it'll be 150, 200 mics in your face every week. I think he'd say some really interesting stuff. I think we'd hear some fantastic things out of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'd, I'd kind of like to see him, uh, you know, just for the, just for the sake, not that Devonte Adams can't survive with anybody else, but I, I I think Rodgers in, in Vegas would be really fun. Um, I think, 
I think Carr with uh, I think Carr with the Panthers would be really fun because it's it's just simply it's good for DJ Moore. It's good for a, a, a fun collection of uh, skill players. But I would now, also well, like most of us have been saying New Orleans. But, but I but made, I, that was the. Made, that was the other thing that was going to fall out of my mouth is I would really I would really like to see Derek Carr in, in New Orleans because I feel like Chris Olave with just a competent quarterback um like could could just have a supernova season at some point. But shit, I thought, you mentioned something really good because they have weapons in they have a couple weapons in Carolina. They lost their back, but you could get a back uh, you can get another back. And and their defense, they have some young players on that defense. That would that that actually that team would would take a step forward right away with Derek. Yeah, I think, and plus Derek Carr would be probably by orders of magnitude the best quarterback that uh, that DJ Moore has ever played with. I think I think DJ Moore is really good. He was um, it, not like throw throw out everything that's happened in his pro career, right? Because he kind of caught the tail end of Cam Newton. Um, he's he's not not really played obviously with you know Sam Darnold and every other the sort of rogues gallery of quarterbacks that we've seen in Carolina uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, even at Maryland, um, his final year there, they were cycling through quarterbacks and dudes were get, like nobody was good and guys were getting hurt and guys were getting benched. And like that, that was a that was an absolute mess. So we've never seen what it looks like for DJ Moore to have like a great quarterback. And I think, you know, we can disagree about about Derek Carr, um, but I but I certainly think he's like a, he's like a top fifteen, top sixteen NFL quarterback, and that would be by far the the most talented uh, passer that DJ Moore has ever played with. So I would love to see that. Hey, some people believe in Kirk Cousins. Okay, so let me ask you something: <laughs> You believing in Kirk Cousins, or would you believe more in Derek Carr? I'm yeah, I think Derek Carr. I think they're. I think they're pretty much the same tier of quarter. The the real problem with Kirk Cousins is that, you know, you're 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 paying all this money for Kirk Cousins. So like if you're if we're going to if we're going to throw you know dozens of millions of dollars at a quarterback, they they have to be able to overcome some stuff, right? Because we are going to have roster shortcomings elsewhere. And I don't think I don't think Kirk Cousins is of the level of quarterback where like uh, okay, because we have Kirk, it doesn't matter that, you know, we don't have an edge rusher and it doesn't matter that we don't have this. We don't have that. Right. Like, I don't think he's that level. Um, I think he's, he's similar to Derek Carr, but I've seen Derek Carr. Like, let's, let's remember what Derek Carr did just two years ago. Right. Like forget this last season, two years ago, um, everything went wrong for that team. Right. Um, you know, from, from, uh, the rugs arrest and Waller gets hurt and the the head coach has to leave in the middle of the season and like the wheels are falling off right and left for Vegas and Derek Carr gets them to the playoffs and gets them to like a, a and I think pass for like 4,800 yards on the year um, gets them basically to within a you know they have a they have a chance to score at the end of the game to knock Cincinnati out of the out of the postseason Cincinnati goes on to the Super Bowl like that was a that was a great year from Derek Carr that we're just going to forget, right? Because it didn't really lead anywhere and they were a first round exit and all that. But that right. was a phenomenal season considering the circumstances. And we've we've just not seen Kirk Cousins do that, right? Like Kirk Cousins has made some throws and he's, you know, big arm talent. And, he, you know, he was a he was a fun little meme for a lot of the season. And I don't I don't really have, you know, there are obvious shortcomings to Kirk Cousins. But we've never seen him do, I, I think, what what Derek Carr just did a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, no doubt about it. They've got uh, 
the uh, the Chiefs favored again for next year. You uh, you you agreeing with that? I I mean, I, yeah, I, f- I feel like if I had to set it right now, knowing what we know, um, how do you? It's just so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes because he's probably never going to have. First of all, Kelsey's clearly lost nothing, right? Um, like we oh. we can we're gonna we're gonna make the case in fantasy. People are gonna try to make the case that oh, wrong side of thirty, aging, whatnot. Um, has he ever looked better than he than he looked this no. last year? Right? Like he's showing no signs of age, and he was great in those. I'll, I'll give you something. The the season. I'll give you something. If Tony stays healthy, uh, I think he's a super dynamic player. And I loved him coming out of Florida, and I know it didn't work out with the Giants. And now they traded him over there, and he's made he's made impactful plays for them a whole bunch of times now this year since they picked him up. If they get him back on the field on a consistent basis, then they will have their home run hitter next to Kelsey, and that offense could actually get even scarier. You know, okay. you know what I think the the perfect use for Kadarius Tony might be within within that offense, given everything that we've seen them do over the years. But like, what? think think back to what McCole Hardman was doing before he got hurt this year, where they they just you know they kind of scrapped the idea of making McCole Hardman like some some deep threat every route kind of receiver, and they're like, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna make you a big part of the the red zone offense, goal to go offense. That guy had scored five touchdowns in in three games prior to getting hurt um and they were they were handing him the ball and they were getting it to him in space and they were they were creating fun little mismatches for him and obviously Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have done great things near the goal line you know o- over the years and they were they were creating some some really fun situations for Hardman it, you do that with Tony. Tony's an even more electric athlete and a little bit quicker. Maybe not, maybe not like long speed faster, but he's quicker. Um, yeah. that he's about as quick as anybody in the NFL, right? Like yeah. him used in that strong, situation. A stronger player too, because I've seen him break yeah. tackles. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're not asking Kadarius Tony to like, okay, learn every route in the playbook and we're, you know, we're, we're not going to ask you to do something that you've never done before. We're just going to put you in space and tell you to be a playmaker. Uh, while being on a chessboard with guys with Pacheco with Kelsey, I mean, he he could sneak into ten or twelve touchdowns if he stays healthy. So Tony's really fun. You've got an actual sorcerer quarterback, right? Like, I mean, that look, look what we just got from a from a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, that guy's going to pile up five thousand yard season. So yeah, I, I mean, I he think was you pulling have to away make- from people in, in the middle of the field <laughs> with a high ankle sprain. Right? I'm like, what the hell does this guy have in him? Like, what is going on? That adrenaline is carrying his ass, dude, because that run he had up the middle of the field, I was like, what, dude? He was, he was, he's way faster than Tua with a high ankle sprain. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's crazy, bro. I mean, yeah, he's, uh, he's, He's just at a, an entirely separate level from from almost any other quarterback right now, and the the league is full of great quarterbacks right at this moment. Like this is sort of a a, a kind of fun golden age. Um, there's a lot of talent out there, even among people who don't like see the chessboard the way Patrick Mahomes does. There's guys with incredible traits right now. Um, the AFC is tough. Like the AFC looks like it's just going to be an absolute meat grinder for a few years here. But I, I it's so difficult to bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point. All right, what do you got going on on Yahoo this week so uh, folks can uh, check you out, my man? 
Uh, we are ramping up fantasy baseball coverage, actually, but we're going to have plenty of uh, plenty of football content out there. Nobody's stopping the fantasy football forecast, our, our podcast. That's going to keep rolling through the offseason. And pretty soon we're going to start talking. We're going to start talking draft. OK, I like it. Are you going to the combine? I'm not going to the combine. I'm going to I'm going to Vegas this week for a for a Vegas, fantasy Vegas. industry conference. Um, combine's yeah, close sure. to me, though. Sure. And I and I, <laughs> I want to like I want to do like really do the combine at some point because I, I find it I find it super interesting and I'm usually glued to it like on on TV. But I but I have not gone previously. Well, you should go one year, bro. We'll hang and uh, we'll uh, we'll make the rounds together in the evenings. Uh, oh, I am here for it. Personnel people and agents and scouts and uh, all kinds of crap all throughout the, the bars. So you're Indy can give you a, you're, you're Indy a can give you a pretty way. fun like two or three days. Like it's not you know I don't need to be in Indy for a week, but but two no. or three days Indy can be fun. Yeah, yeah, no, the downtown area has got enough to do. You know, yeah. overall, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a cool little downtown area, and and because they built all those bridges and tunnels to connect, you know, you can get away from the cold which can be a bitch because sometimes you turn those those that corner and it's like a, a Chicago wind that comes at you and it just slices you right in half. You know, that kind of <laughs> crap you get. You know, the kind of the kind of stuff that, that people get in Chicago all the time. I am, I am intimately familiar with the kind of stuff. Yeah, We're actually, we got a lovely day, right? It's like 50 degrees right now. It's beautiful. Um, I'm sure that won't last because it's February, but it's uh, I'm, I'm not complaining about our weather right now. No, you cannot. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Andy Barons and catch his work there at Yahoo Sports. Andy, as always, appreciate you. Uh, great to have you back on the horse, my friend. We'll catch up next week. Thank you. Yeah, very much appreciate you, Big O. Thank you. No problem, my friend. Appreciate you. Always got your back. That is Andy Barron's Sports Girls. Now got eight amazing locations. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Get your asses down there. Eight great locations. We just added the one in Doral, which is just absolutely awesome. Take advantage. Mondays, by the way, $7 single smash burger. Tuesdays, which is today, $2 tacos. You can choose between chicken, beef, or fish. And tomorrow on Wednesday, the kids will eat free with the purchase of an adult entree. Get on out to Sports Grill. Go to sportsgrill.com and check out one of their eight great locations. Get the one nearest you. Sportsgrill.com. This has been the sportsgrill.com Dolphins and NFL Draft Report with Yahoo Sports' Andy Barons. Cheer on your favorite South Florida sports team at sportsgrill.com. With eight great locations, go to sportsgrill.com and find a slice of sports heaven. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, let's uh, tell you a little bit about Nature B. And we got a great deal going on right now. Take advantage, folks. These deals, they only last a certain amount of time, and then they're gone. And I've been telling you about Nature B for over 20 years now. Right now, we've got a 200-cap supply, which will last you 100 days. Okay. 85 cents a day. That's it. It's $85. Plus, we're going to give you a free Manuka honey lip balm, which if you haven't tried the lip balm, it is just absolutely awesome. It's cold in certain places. It's dry in others, and that affects your lips. 
The free Manuka Honey Lip Balm will come in clutch. You're going to love it. Those two golden capsules, I tell you all the time, it boosts your immune system. It gives you that energy. It highlights your libido. It gives you allergy relief, less stress, which is a beautiful thing, muscle recovery, and, of course, the added energy, which we all need. Instead of that 2, 3 o'clock fade, you will still have energy to finish your day strong. You won't be falling asleep in the car on the way home. So check it out. Go to naturebee.com slash big O. Naturebee.com slash big O. Check out all the other products. I tell you all the time about the soap, which is just absolutely amazing. Do I have a lip balm anywhere around here? I think I do. And here's the free lip balm that you will get right there, baby. Okay. So I have uh, several of those. Uh, as you can see, I've got one in my bag. I've got one in the car all the time. I, I have it everywhere just in case whenever I need it. I'm going to need it in Indianapolis here in a couple of weeks. So check it out. Check out the wrinkle cream. The ladies love that. There's so many different products, but take advantage of Nature Bee. It is pure plant pollen. It is all natural, grown in clean, green New Zealand, not in some lab. And that's why it makes a difference for the kids and it makes a difference for the adults. My daughter's been taking it since she was a child and now she's an adult, same as myself. I'm still a child, but I've been technically grown as an adult, so I've been taking it for, for 20 years. But I am kind of childish, so I do have to say that. Naturebee.com slash big O and get the deal right now. All right. What else do we have here on the chat board? Um, it's 50 here in Rochester. Ooh, it's like a spring right today. Uh, Giovanni says, Omar Kelly just reported David Carr informed Raiders he will not accept to go anywhere via trade. Yeah, well, that's already been reported. That's not anything new. That was reported a couple days ago that he is uh, not accepting any trades and he will be released and they're not going to get anything for it. And that's the smart thing for him to do so he can get the deal that he wants. Um. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What else? Why hasn't Vic Fangio signed yet? Um, it's already done, bro. It's not. They'll announce it. It's not a big deal. You know, that's you. You got. I'm sure you got to have much more important things to worry about. That's not a concern. OK, it's like uh, uh, somebody tweeted at me. Hey, uh, they better sign a. Uh, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, Tua to his uh, to his um, fifth year deal before any new contracts come out for quarterbacks. I'm like, he has no leverage. What are you worried about, dude? He has zero leverage. They're going to give him the fifth year option, and they still have tags if they need to use them and all that. They have total control. Don't worry about it, and you don't have to worry about Fangio signing. Fangio's probably worried about the other coaches he needs to sign first. And that way he can kind of complete his staff. That's what I think Fangio's probably doing. But the whole announcement with the Dolphins doesn't matter to them. So that's already done. You don't even have to worry about that anymore. Uh, in uh, music history, we like talking a little music history sometimes. And today on Valentine's Day, 
February 14th, certain things happen, like in 2000, I still have the concert shirt. I have it there in my, in my closet. Kiss announced that they were going to do a farewell tour in makeup and then sell off the stage props from their career in an auction, which, of course, we all know they, they've had several farewell tours since then. They're in the middle of the end of the road tour, which has like been four years now, and it keeps getting extended. But I went to that one thinking it was the last also. In 84, I'm sorry, in 87, Bon Jovi started a four-week run at number one with their hit song, Living on a Prayer. It was their second top chart. It was their second chart topper. In 86 on this date, Frank Zappa appeared on an episode of Miami Vice playing a crime boss named Mr. Frankie. In 1999, on this date, the Deftones had most of their instruments and equipment stolen from their truck. The rig was parked at a Holiday Inn in Dearborn, Michigan, as the band got ready for the final stop of their trek, opening for Black Sabbath. And in 92, on this date, Wayne's World, Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party on, premiered in America, leading to a resurgence in Queen's popularity because of Bohemian Rhapsody scene. 92. 31 years ago. I can't believe that Wayne's World was 31 years ago. God, that is nuts. Uh, let's see. The Super Bowl had the worst field conditions in the history of mankind. The league should be stood for allowing players to. It happens, Gus. Nothing is perfect in life, Gus. So, you know what I mean? What are you going to do? It's not the first time that people have played on fields that they thought were ready and then it was a disaster. Remember when they put sod on top of sod in a Dolphins game? That was a, a real winner. I remember there was a punt, and it, it stabbed into the ground. It didn't bounce or anything. It stabbed into the ground. Okay? Like, what punt doesn't at least land and then bounce and trickle one way or the other? No, dude, this thing went, and it stabbed right into the ground because it rained and it was muddy. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. Shit happens, man. You know? I'm sure the guy that was the 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 sod master, I'm sure he wasn't, oh, let me make sure they slip and slide all over the place. That's not what they wanted to do. That's not the effect they wanted. Obviously, that puts people at risk, at injury risk. So that's clearly not what they were trying to attempt. And, you know, it's hard for me to to kill somebody for that when, you know. It's not really their fault. Uh, it's not something that they tried to do. You know, it's they weren't purposely trying to screw the game over. They probably thought that was the right thing to do and they were going to have the grip and there wasn't going to be any slip and that the sod was going to come through and it happens. It happens, man. So, Big O, your thoughts on the upcoming Marlin season? I'll watch it. Because I love the Marlins. I don't have a lot of hope. They don't have enough offense. 
Okay, they added a couple bats, and I commend them for that. And, you know, I read um, uh, Barry Jackson had a very interesting baseball article and explaining how some of it might work out even better because, obviously, some of the guys they brought in, the, the especially the second baseman, the shortstop, excuse me, um, those guys, um, they get on base a lot. And, and so by by having guys that are going to be on base, some of these other guys will have opportunities to drive in some runs. But I, ju- I still don't think they have enough um, offense, and that's going to be a problem. It's there's going to be a lot of pressure on the defense, on the off, on the defense, on the pitching, that is, to be perfect almost every night, and it's just not fair. Okay, so that would be you know I'm going to watch the Marlins, but I'm not expecting much because the offense is just not there yet. So that's kind of the way I I, I look at it with the with the Miami Marlins. Uh, what else do we have? Inter Miami, they uh, they extended the contract of their goalkeeper, uh, Drake Callender, young guy. They have him signed through the 2025 season, team option for 2026. That is a really cool move. I just saw where um, Kaufman just reported that Robbie Robinson is out for a couple of weeks. What a shocker! Robbie Robinson is injured. My God. I mean, Robbie Robinson is never injured. I mean, he's, you know, he's a stud. He's been such a great draft pick. He's scored all those goals. And he's always available to you. I am shocked that Robbie Robinson is injured right now. Absolutely shocked. Rhinos, YTH, thank you, sir, for the love on the Super Chat. That's very nice of you. Thanks for all the hard work, Beno. Been tolerating you since 2001. Imagine my wife. 97, bro. That poor woman has put up with me since 97. You're just 2001. You know? So have some sympathy for my wife. That's who you got to have some sympathy for. That poor woman. Oh, my God. That is just absolutely crazy. All righty. Yes, she is a saint. She is a saint, an angel, everything. That's what I can tell you. All right. We are out of here. We thank Andy Behrens. We thank Manny Navarro. We thank Alan Pupar. We thank Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. If you missed Inside the Paint, you can rewind. Uh, it was our number two from the 9 to 10 hour. It's not tomorrow. We did it today because uh, Ira was traveling. Uh, and if you missed any of the other interviews, you can rewind. Obviously, Sean Stanley will be slicing and dicing it up audio and video. So he'll put up some segments and rants and interviews and all kinds of stuff. We will see you all tomorrow. We thank Sean Stanley for mastering it all. Same time, same place, same bat channel. Have a great one.